rose the school falls. When you spit, he's got the balls as you mosey through the school. All the kids say you're so cool. And you even made Bart Simpson spill his milk. Skinner! Skinner, you're the master of your fate. Skinner? How's it going, everybody? This is the Charging Buffalo Podcast, Season 3, Episode 22. And... Sabres are on the bye week, all-star break, combined into one, so no game for a while. It's been, I don't even know how long it's been since the Vancouver game, right? Yeah, I don't. again, so. Was that on a Friday? Yes, it was, so it's been almost a week without yeah. Sabres hockey, and it's going to be pretty much another week until we see At least more like, Buffalo Sabres hockey. I think like another work week. It's like yeah. five more days. So it's okay. We haven't been stressed over this team recently, so that's okay. But uh, there's been a little bit of news that has broke. Shortly after the podcast last week, Justin Bailey got traded, and fans are going nuts, which I don't understand because Justin Bailey, I think it was pretty clear over a year now that this guy's not an NHL player. It's the end of the world because we traded a hometown kid pretty much, and he's a second-round draft pick. Everybody, bust. everybody, a bust. everybody was so excited for him because he was always one of our top prospects. And how sad is that that he was one of our top prospects him at one point? And Nick Baptiste were our two, and Hudson Fashion and Hudson Fashion, and all of them are gone, and they were traded for nothing basically. And all of them are close to being out of hockey, quite frankly, yeah. or in Europe, or in Europe. Yes, yes. Hudson Fashion in Tucson, Nick Baptiste in Milwaukee, and now Justin Bailey over in Lehigh Valley. I'm surprised that Baptiste isn't in the ECHL. Really? Yeah, he's not He's not really producing. Because I remember when Baptiste and Bailey both came to Rochester for their first year, I think both of them had 20 goals. Like, this is looking promising. And then just nothing after that. And now they're bare, like Taylor Lear, they got him in the trade for Justin Bailey. He's basically the same point production and he's like a year older. So and he's, he's a, a left wing. He's so a tall of, guy. He's fast. That sounds like Tage Thompson. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying he is Tage. I'm, I'm not like, gonna. I'm not gonna pretend like, that I know anything about Taylor Lear. So. Just, I'm. I'm just thinking. Did we we mentioned Taylor Lear? We we mentioned him like a couple weeks ago when the Sabers faced the Flyers and like, they got the same the same bum prospect. Yeah, they've had the same team. guys. Yeah, yeah. Taylor Lear is just one of those guys. Yeah. Third round. He's been there pick. forever. He might have been a third round pick. He got drafted in 2012. He's, he's not going to be anything. And Justin Bailey's not going to be anything either. I get he scored in his first game in Lehigh Valley. So I oh, really I'm sure that care. set the Twitterverse on fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you know I I read the charge in Buffalo comments and it's frustrating sometimes. It's like how could we trade a hometown boy? Oh my god, this guy should have been dealt. Over a year ago, it's well over. And he passed through waivers, too, in the beginning of the year. The guy had no, little to no value. No value at all. But this It's got, a miracle this got we got thinking. a player for him yes. in the first place. This got me thinking, though. So, realistically, is Jason Bottrell just going to pick up the phone and be like, Hey, I want Taylor Lear. No. No. 
more likely it is Chuck Fletcher giving a call to Jason Botcher like, hey, Nathan Bull, you requested trade. I heard that. So uh, what's it going to take? And then maybe Botchel's like, yeah, you know, I want a fourth-round pick. I like Taylor Lear, too. And he's like, well, I'm not going to give you a fourth-round pick, but if you want Taylor Lear, he can be had. Taylor Lear just so happens to be on the block as well. Yeah, so So that's probably how this went down. Or Bottrell gives Fletcher a call and is like, hey, Sean Couturier, you know, I'll take him. He's like, well, no, but you're going to have Taylor Lear. So well, you know, it never hurts just to have a new face in the exactly. lineup. I think it'll yeah. Be, just ask the Anaheim Ducks, who are just making as many trades as possible without making any impact in their lineup. Throwing stuff against the wall to see what sticks. Mm-hmm. Quite frankly, yeah, um, they made like five or six trades in matter. They made of quite a few, like forty-two they hours. Traded Pontus a Berg. Yeah, I couldn't believe that uh, second leading goal scorer yeah. for Justin Cluse. I like Justin Cluse, but that just didn't make any sense. Also. The wild trade and Nino Niederreiter to the right. pan, to the Hurricanes for uh, Victor Rask. That doesn't make any now, sense to me. Now, Niederreiter's first game in Carolina he scored like five seconds in. They but the team did not play well as a whole. Mm-hmm. And after the game, Rod Brindamore apparently pulled him aside and said, "That's not our team. That's not how we play." Wow. Yeah. Really. Yep. Rod Brindamore. What he. I don't know. He has like a god complex. It's he, he even said after that game, "I wish I could. I wanted to throw on a jersey oh, and go yeah, out I, there because they're playing so poor." And the whole thing about he, he, Rod Brindamore was the one that said that uh, Jeff Skinner didn't fit the culture. Or exactly. Something like that. He's not. He he doesn't fit being a hurricane or whatever it was. Yeah, but whatever. Whatever kind of cheesy. Thanks. Whatever kind of cheesy hockey talk. Enjoy Cliff Poo, buddy. I know. If he ever suits up in Carolina. What's he doing with Charlotte at the moment? Oh, he's probably still got three points. He's yeah. had three points for most of the year. Now I'll check. Well, he's I'll certainly check. not doing anything of note because we don't know what he's even up to. Yeah, I'm surprised not in the ECHL at this point. Right. He, he's just not producing. And, hey, they picked the perfect time to trade him because I, th- I might have mentioned it. I definitely have, but this guy was bound to become a Nick Baptiste. He's got six points in 37 games, one goal. He was bound to become a Baptiste Bailey type. I mean, Baptiste Bailey both lit it up in the OHL. But like Eric Cornell's Exhibit A, Cornell had high eighty point, high eighty, even ninety points his final years in the OHL in Peterborough. And what's he done in the AHL? Absolutely nothing. So you don't know what these guys are going to become until they've hit the AHL. Exactly. So Bottrell really capitalized on Cliff Poo's value. He sold high on because you know what? Because what could what's the what could you realistically get for Cliff Poon now? Third, not even a third round pick, fourth or fifth. He's a throw in in a trade at this point. I, I, that's his value. I wrote this. I have an upcoming Ask TCB thing with uh, Bill that he'll be putting out soon. And one of the questions about Casey Middlestat and if I'm concerned about his his development and coming to to play in the NHL. And this applies to Cliff Poo too. We gotta remember Casey Middlestat was playing in college. Pretty much against glorified high schoolers who might not even want to be hockey players when they grow up. He's facing guys who might want to be lawyers or scientists. You know, so you think in the OHL too, guys rack up points against high school kids still who mm-hmm. might just be there to fill out a roster spot. You know, so yes, oftentimes that is overrated. When you get to the AHL, that's when you see that's those are the guys who are they're doing it for a living, obviously. But um, I don't know. I just got to think of that like. Think you and I, okay? Yeah. Like the club hockey team here. It does it mean anything if Case Millsack goes and dominates against them? 
No, no. Or or any 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 prospect at, at that lower level. You know, it's just um, unless it's some kind of exceptional mm-hmm. talent, of course. But yeah, but I remember everyone was like, "Oh, why could we? How could we trade Cliff Poo?" I'm like, "Come on, that just, it's Cliff Poo. It's Cliff Poo. You're getting Jeff Skinner. You're getting Jeremy Jeff White Skinner had a good tweet a few weeks ago, might have been last week, where like maybe we shouldn't overrate our second and third round picks or yes. uh yes. they should we shouldn't see them so much as part of our future but we but uh we should see them more as pieces that we could trade to acquire yeah. you know current yeah that assets. makes sense because yeah. second round picks are not a sure thing they're maybe a 50-50 shot cuz they're good in junior and then like as Ted Nolan said your prospects become suspects yep. so the ever-wise Ted Nolan. Yeah, the ever-wise Ted Nolan yeah. that's watching over our shoulders yes. every moment. Yes. But, yeah, Cliff Poo, I don't care. You're getting Jeff Skinner. I, no, he, he I don't care. I don't care at all. I don't miss him. I can't believe that was ever an argument. That's an insult. Yeah, because that was, like, the... the like, I'm not saying there's a lot of people that were upset with the Skinner trade at first, but I remember one of my friends telling me that this is a mistake because Cliff Poo is going to be a first-line player just because he had a couple good years in the and LHL. He had, and he has a funny name, pretty much. Yeah. Let's be honest. That's yes. part of why people like yes. him. I remember I was at the draft, and everyone was chanting Poo. Yeah. And that was fun. That was People fun. wanted to that. chant Poo when he scored. So. No. Okay. And I want you mentioned Middlestead. Yes. And his production yes. development. I think because Ristolainen, he did this. I don't know if I mentioned this last week or the week before, but Ristolainen, Ristolainen was a chubby kid. He was chubby. Okay. Do you remember? Yeah. So he, when he went to the AHL, Chad Cassidy t- sat him down and was like, hey, we got to fix this. Mm-hmm. And he saw a nutritionist. He stopped eating fast food. and then like, Now he's the fittest guy in the team. Yes, now he's, he's jacked. jacked. So yeah. I think this summer, Casey Middlestat, he needs to see a nutritionist. He needs to get rid of that baby fat. Yeah, we I saw him in the work. Home Alone video. Yes, yes, I think that'll work wonders. Yes. I really... And then... The baby fat. We tell, yeah. Although we talk about Casey Millsat and Rastali like they're eight years old. <laughs> like, have you... They're in the Bahamas. They're in the Bahamas, in the Bahamas right Bahamas. now. They're, they're living a the life. Yeah, they're... Mm-hmm. I think... This is, might be a hot take, but I like the Darlene and Millsat bromance more than Eichel and Reinhardt. Yeah. It's more it's secretive. more it's more pure. It's more secretive, but mm-hmm. it's it's always on the Instagram stories. Yes. I think it's hilarious. Yes. But yeah, middle psycho see nutritionist in the off season and then come back looking like and he, he he will yeah he's, he will he's, he's not he's not going to be like Phil Kessel where he's like no. thirty years old he's and he still eating, got his baby fat on not eating hot dogs <laughs> no. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. Middle yes. Stat's fine. Middle Stat's fine. He's playing better. Yes. Oh, he's been great. Oh lately. yeah, he's been, he's been awesome. awesome. His pass to Rodriguez for that that goal against the Flames. Ooh, baby, that was beautiful. Good uh, stuff. Good stuff. Uh, okay. Other news. I want to talk about Nylander, but it's going to be after our main topic of the day because he's been causing a ruckus in, on Sabres Twitter. You know what? How about? Sabres Twitter regretting the uh, whole Robin Leonard trade now. Yeah, I haven't, or, or I haven't letting him go. I haven't trade. heard a peep about Robin Leonard anymore. No more subtle jabs. Good for Robin Leonard. Yes, I mean, he's come back. I think Pro Hockey Writers Association put out their midseason awards. Comeback Player of the Year, Robin Leonard. Absolutely. Who's second place in that? Jeff Skinner. Jeff really? Skinner was second place in Comeback Player of the Year. Wow. Yeah, he only had twenty four goals last year. That's Definitely true. a down year for him last year. But that's true. And also, there's a new award for. They finally added this. Really? Defen- the best defensive defenseman. Oh! Yeah, I'll, I'll try and find it. One okay. Second. Yeah, here it is. That's cool. Uh, yeah, it is the 
Rod Langway Award. Matias Ackholm, Mark Giordano, and Victor Hedman are the top three. Comeback Player of the Year, Robin Leonard, Jeff Skinner, Zach Parise. GM of the Year, Bradtree Living, Doug Wilson, Lou Lamorello. Jack Adams, you notice Phil Housley's not in here. Barry Trotz, Bill Peters, and John Cooper. They Uh, got that right. Calder Trophy, Elias Pedersen, Rasmus Dahlin, and Mira Heskinen. That's, so yeah, that, that's, that. that's not going to change. For the Norris, it is Mark Giordano, Morgan Riley, and Brent Burns. Hart Trophy, Nikita Kucherov, Johnny Goudreau, Connor McDavid. So, okay. I say it's pretty spot on. Yes. I like that they have the Defensive Defenseman Trophy now, the Rod Langway Award. Also, yeah, Norris, I think I mentioned the Norris, Giordano, Riley, and Burns. Giordano in both, actually. You know what? A few weeks ago we did our... Mid-season award predictions or that that kind of stuff. I want to switch to Johnny Gaudreau now. Yeah, I think I picked Gaudreau. Because he, he's outstanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Now, the the bombshell that dropped yesterday. Peter Shirelli finally yes. fired yes. in Edmonton. Yes. So, you know we love we talked about We talked about this two weeks ago, and then obviously the Sabres got throttled by the Oilers a couple days later. But... Long overdue. Long, long overdue. They, I, I watched the Bob Nicholson press conference last night, and it was just hilarious. He was yeah. talking about they need to change the culture. He said they're not rebuilding, but they have the best player in the world. And you wouldn't, I don't understand. No. I don't get it. It's just all these moves that Peter Shirelli made. Is he the worst GM of all time? He has to be. How many GMs can say they've traded the number one and the number two overall picks in the same draft on different teams? Yeah, I think I think he could. He's in the he's in the discussion. There might be some that we're not thinking of at the yeah, moment. Yeah, from just, like the probably like the California Golden Seals yeah. GM that or or like Cam Gilafleur for or, nothing, or the tyrants in the twenties or something like Eddie Shore, who was just uh, one of those guys. But that yeah. doesn't matter. We're talking modern NHL here. I'm sure there's some out there, but man, Peter Shirelli, just we could go on and on about this guy. Mm-hmm. Horrible. He's bad. Absolutely horrible. And then yeah. Keith Gretzky. Is going to be the in- interim general Whose manager. resume is no more impressive mm-hmm. than Peter Shirelli. Chiming in on how Tyler Sagan doesn't fit their culture. Yeah. And I, I saw this yesterday. They took Trent Frederick 29th overall in the 2016 draft because they thought that Anaheim was going to take him with the 30th pick. So they had to jump in and take him. And he bragged about or it, right? It was a 28th pick. And he said, yeah. He's he's got the upside to be a third liner, but we need those guys. So they just took him knowing that he's just going to be a third liner. I thought that was kind of funny, but yeah, the Oilers are a mess. The, the boys club is still running wild there, and Bob Nicholson really believes that, that that's not a problem. And he said that it was all Peter Shirelli, basically. Like, Kevin Lowe didn't have a say. He has a big say in the organization, but not in, like, big moves like trades and such. See, so you've watched Oil Change. Since, oh, yes. After watching Oil since Change. The, since, since the roast. Since the Everybody, Oil Spill episode. It's, it changes, like, your perspective on thinking about moves like this. Yeah. Like, it's a collaborative effort. They sit yeah. in the war room. Like, when... Because this is the thing that annoys me the most when, like... People give Jason Bottrell credit for Oscari Loxanen. Absolutely not. Do you think Jason Bottrell went out in Finland to watch Loxanen play? No. No. Those are the scouts. The mm-hmm. scouts told him, we need to take this guy. Right. 
And then he has the final say, of course, but you trust your scouts. As a GM, you trust your scouts, and you pick those guys. So I don't know who picked Loxman or who. It's probably a finished scout, I would assume, but that guy deserves the credit. The GMs get all the credit and all the blame for draft picks, and I just don't like it. Because How? when you watch Oil Change, yes. Stu McGregor, who mm-hmm. was at the time their chief amateur scout, was saying, we're picking Taylor Hall. That's not... Uh, who was Steve Tambellini? Yep. Steve Tambellini trusts Stu McGregor, and he was trusting the wrong guy for the most part because they were a horrible drafting team during the oil change days. They're still changing the oil as we speak, yes. but yeah, it's it's not GM most of the time. It's the scouts. How many of the real in the trenches guys, like the GM, the presidents and whatnot, the the officers are still with that team from that show. There's still oh Craig God. McTavish. McTavish is still there. Lowe is still Lowe there. Is kicking around. Yep. People want some oil Oiler fans want Lowe to be the GM again. Right. What? I heard that too. That's name being kicked. He's around. the reason you you are where you are right now. He is the reason that you're. And it baffles me that there's still only three points out of playoff spot. But anyways, he's the reason that you went through all the suffering. I don't understand. That's like if Bottrell gets fired and we're like, you know what, we need Darcy Regeer back. Yeah. He should be our GM. Or like, are you kidding me? That doesn't make any sense. No. Not at all. Could you imagine, like, just out of the, blue. the the one guy on Sabres Twitter, it's like, you know what, Darcy Re- No, Mike Carrington's like, Darcy, Darcy's the way to go. We need Darcy Regeer back. And then, like, his mentions, RIP. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Peter Shirelli's done. It's about time. I, you know, I'm going to miss Peter Shirelli because... I'm going to miss the... the the material he gave us. Because mm-hmm. now who do we make fun of? Who Pierre Dorian? Well, we will find out because we have our, our list Keith, coming up. Or Keith Gretzky. Keith Gretzky. Keith Gretzky. What if he's actually the guy? Could you? Well, that's how it was in Carolina. Nobody wanted to be their GM, so they just ended up going to Don Waddell, who is not a good GM. Not a good GM, yeah. yeah. So I, 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 thought was, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, man. Well, I heard Darren Dreger yesterday said they're even looking outside to consult with people. Oh, that's to to, to find see. the right guy. They need well, a young, no, no, not just a young, not like, just to find hockey mind, not just to find the the right GM, but to see what's wrong with the organization. So Darren Dreger said they 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 might even consult with uh, Daryl Sutter. Just to see, like, what Darryl is... Daryl Sutter? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's Why Daryl Sutter? I, I don't know. Because it's the Oilers, quite frankly. What does Daryl Sutter have, ever, have? Oh, my goodness. Have the Oilers ever done anything that makes sense? That doesn't make any sense. What Daryl, we need your help. What's wrong with this team? What What's Daryl Sutter going to say? Well, well, quite frankly, you don't have enough players. He's going to be like that. Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> I don't understand. You have Connor McDavid, the best player mm-hmm. in the world, mm-hmm. on your team, and yet you you give and you him. don't know what you're doing. What are they going to do? What are they going to do? What are they going to do to change this? You can, they have no assets. They they can't trade these young players for short term fixes. You know, that doesn't make any sense. Milan Lucic is fool's gold. It's like, oh, it looks nice having Milan Lucic his name on the sheet. Then it's like, oh. Milan Lucic. It's Milan Lucic. It's Maybe 2019. Milan Lucic 10 years ago would have been yeah. nice, but yeah. he just can't. And he scored two goals against Buffalo last week, which and was baffling. But now, yeah. the Koskinen contract. Oh, my God. 
Koskinen, final three years, four point five million dollars, a no trade clause, and that contract is a no trade clause in itself because who, who's going to trade for that? Who was the president that did the the midnight appointments, like the judge appointments? Oh my god, it was like it was going way back. It was way back, but that's pretty yeah. much. Shirelli knew he was on his way out, so yes, he was like, that's a perfect. I'm going to do my 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 friends a, a favor here. I'm going to give Koskinen thirteen million dollars <laughs> for less than thirty NHL games. And he played well against Detroit. Koskinen's a decent goalie. He's but. decent, but I mean, you're paying him four and a half million dollars. I mean, Carter Hutton is making less, like half of that. It's like okay, say what you want about Hutton, but come on, like is if Koskinen worth double what he's making? Come on. If you put, if you didn't have the letters AAV after four point five, and it was three years, four point five million, so one and a half yes. million dollars per season, perfect. that perfect. would be perfect. It's like Shirelli misunderstood <laughs> the wording and was like. Okay, three years, four point five. Okay, we can do that. They yeah. just messed up the contract. They messed up the contract. I will not be surprised if ten years down the line, in a Oilers thirty for thirty, that leaks out in the Shirelli chapter. And another the, thing, uh, I've been because I, I watched the Steve Dangle podcast yesterday, and they were talking. You know that overwhelmingly, the Oilers wanted to draft Ryan Murray first overall, yes, not Nelly yes. Akapov. Yes, the vote. Was eleven to two in favor of drafting Ryan Murray first overall, and <laughs> one and one of the votes <laughs> was for Alex Galchenyuk, but it got converted into a into a <laughs> into a Yakupov vote. This somehow. is <laughs> and then they had to be playing it up for the see, camera. This is why because this wasn't on oil change. I looked for the episode where they were drafting Yakupov and like they weren't in the war room. So that was yeah. kind of fishy. So that I assume that's why it yeah. wasn't in there because like, oh yeah, we want Ryan Murray. Like could you imagine like I don't know, don't like say the Sabres really wanted Andrei Svechnikov mm-hmm. and then Terry Pagul is just like, "No, we need Darlene." Like this is a completely opposite scenario here because drafting Dowling was the right thing to do. But back in 2012, Yakupov was the consensus number one pick. Anything else besides that is revisionist history. But, like, the Oilers should have taken Yakupov. But Ryan Murray's still Murray is still a bust. Like I, I don't think but he's still playing. That. He's still playing. Yeah. He's still a decent NHL defenseman, but yeah. So, the only man... Would it have turned the Oilers' fortunes? No. He would have been traded by now. Correct. But the only man in that war room that wanted Nail Yakupov was Daryl Cates, the owner. That should tell you a lot Mm -hmm. about what the problem is. And the problem lies Mm -hmm. in the owner's press box. Yep. Yes, the owner's box. The Cates family has been there throughout all the struggles. Mm -hmm. I think the son is a problem, too. He's He's on the stage every draft. Yep. I don't like him. I don't like him. They're meddling too much. Yeah. See, you don't. The owner should not be involved in personnel no. decisions because no. you let the experts do that. I don't know. I'm just. I I feel bad for Oilers fans. I yeah. really do because because it's not like they're Toronto it's, fans. It's literally been like 15 years. Yeah. How long has it been? 2007, 2006. They made the playoffs once since 2006. Yeah. And then they've. Falling off a cliff after then. Yeah, uh, and you know, yeah, their fans. It's not like they're Toronto fans. They're not Montreal fans. They don't complain. They're just they're a lot like they're Buffalo. suffering. Yeah, they just want to win. That's all. 
Mm-hmm. They they know what they're going to get. They just want to expect more. And Connor McDavid, for God's sakes, he looks like he's aged like 15 years in the yeah. past two he years. He looks sad. Yes. And what a leader. Mm-hmm. What a leader. Because he said after the game the other night, if you don't want to be here, get out. Get out. Get out. Could you imagine if Eichel said that, how the media would be like, oh, how could you say such a thing? They'd what create a, a rift between him. Oh, my God. They'd create a rift between He's him. He's a locker room cancer. They'd create a rift between him and Eichel's Sk- the GM. They'd make a rift between him and Skinner. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering, because the biggest thing on Cates is he's keeping these guys around. Yeah. Cates is Cates is going to keep uh, Lowe, McTavish. Shirelli is probably going to have a job in the organization in five days somehow. An advisor role, perhaps. The boys' club is never going to leave Edmonton. And I don't think anything's going to change until he absolutely cleans house. Gretzky, Wayne Gretzky's there now. That's he's, right. He's in an advisor role. His brother, who's... Was a Sabres draft pick mm-hmm. in like '85 or whatever, and he's there too. It's the boys' club. Yep. And could you imagine? Like, I know it's hard because Cates is a, a, like a lifelong Oilers fan. Mm-hmm. He watched them, and that's why five he employs all those guys. Yeah. Okay, so if you were the owner of the Sabres in 35 years, yeah, the Sabres in the next 10 years win the cup four times, mm-hmm. led by Eichel, Darlene, Reinhardt. Middle step, you know. Yeah. And you're the owner. And Eichel's the GM. Rasmus Dowling's the president of hockey operations. Oh, dear God. Uh, Lawrence Pilot's an assistant coach. Uh, Casey Middlestad's the head coach. Sam Reinhardt how, is director of scouting. How difficult would it be to sit down with your heroes and just be like, you got to go. I got to let you go. I don't think I could do it. I don't think no. I could sit Jack Eichel down, look him in the eyes after he raised the Stanley Cup four times in Buffalo, and just say, "You gotta go, buddy." Well, Kate's made his bed, and now he's sleeping in it. Mm-hmm. How hard would that be? I don't think. I don't think he's gonna do it. If he hasn't done it yet, he's never going to. Mm-hmm. I mean, the owner is the ultimate man in charge. He can fire whoever he wants. He has Cates has not done a thorough evaluation of the organization clearly in probably since he's been there because it's been the same dudes. Craig McTavish has been there in some capacity. Wasn't he a coach? He there was their as head well? coach in the Stanley yeah. Cup. Oh my God. Yeah, in two thousand six. So in in one way or another, all of those guys have been there mm-hmm. since that cup run. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Lowe, or at least one of them. Oh my god! Yeah. Uh, how how much more screwed up would they be if Regier didn't if Regier let Vanek go there on that offer sheet? They wouldn't have four first round picks. That would be oh mm-hmm. my god! They'd be set back even further. How much oh better would the Sabers be? Yeah. Oh, I mean, they probably would have been worse. They. There's no arguing this. They would have been a worse team. Well, yeah, here's the thing. Here's the scary but thing. But then the Oilers wouldn't have, they wouldn't have gone, they wouldn't have rebuilt if they didn't have those draft picks. That's the thing. Yeah. Without Vanek, we wouldn't have been in the playoffs since 2007. Oh, yeah. So maybe. Oh, yeah. Without Vanek, they yeah. don't, they don't yeah. win the division. They don't. No. Yeah. We don't do anything. Or maybe they keep Breer, or at least make a harder attempt to keep one of them. But, yeah. Yeah. All right. We're going to, this was, uh, we're going to get into our next thing here. Uh, Ike Daddy, friend of the show, uh, requested, because it's the bye week, we have no idea what to talk about. We just spent 20 minutes talking about the Oilers, but 
recommended that we rank the top 31 GMs and coaches in the yes. league. I didn't feel like doing coaches because I think it's a crapshoot, but yeah. GMs. We're gonna do. We're gonna rank the GMs from 31 to number one, and we're gonna do that right now. I only have 30 because I didn't count the Oilers. I count. I count. There's technically no GM in Edmonton. Right I now. counted Peter Shirelli slash Keith Gretzky as okay. number 31. Well, throw him at 31 then, in, and in for case. good reason because Peter Shirelli. He, look at the trades. Mm-hmm. I mean, he traded Griffin Reinhart for a first and second round pick, becoming yep. Matt Barzell. It's a laundry list. And it goes on and on. And the the Islanders use that pick, to, the second round pick, to trade up to get Anthony Beauvillier. And the funnier thing is, the the Oilers, if they kept the pick, were going to pick Joel Erickson Eck and not Matt Barzell. Joel Erickson Eck. I'm speechless. Okay, I'm not just sitting here because, like, I can't think of anything. I'm just, I don't know. It beats me. One for one, Taylor Hall for Adam Larson. Milan Lucic, my, seven years, six million per. My favorite is Eberle for Strom, Strom for Spooner. Spooner, Spooner to waivers. waivers. Who is now in Bakersfield. Yep, yep. I want to know... I he feel, traded I, Eberle for nothing. Yeah. He gave, them to, he gave him to them. He gave him to the Islanders. Mm-hmm. And I feel bad for the poor GM that, like, had a trade in place with Shirelli before he got fired. Like, they had a mm-hmm. deal in place to get that first-round pick or yep. Kyler Yamamoto or something like that. And now Bob Nicholson yesterday pretty much said, we're not trading our first-round pick. We're not going to Bouchard, uh, Yamamoto. It's not going to happen. Shirelli has built about three teams and neither of them are his. Mm-hmm. In he his built time, the Islanders. In his time at Edmonton. He gave New Jersey a key piece. Although, he built the Islanders is Hall deep. really going to stay in New Jersey, though, next year? I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't think he's... No, I don't think he's going to do it. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he goes... Where where's the prime destination for Taylor Hall? Edmonton? No, he won't, he won't dare go <laughs> back He there. won't go back. No. Uh, not Boston. Maybe we could mm-hmm. undo the the draft yeah. of 2011. I, I think Boston would be a good spot. Yeah. Or Ottawa. Ottawa. What about the Islanders? Oh, my God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or Dallas. Dallas. Taylor and Tyler on the same team. Uh, it's just Dallas can't afford to keep spending and spending. They got a draft, and we'll get into that. Yes, we will one. get yeah. into that. Okay. Uh, do you want to do your number 30? Yes. Okay. My number 30. And again, I only did thirty, so I'm not missing. I, you know, my number thirty, Julian Brisebois from the Tampa Bay Lightning, simply simply because he hasn't done anything yet. He took over for Steve Eiserman, who resigned before the season began. Brisebois can be the first GM to win a Stanley Cup without doing a single thing. Quite frankly, he what did career. he do? He put Jake Dotchin on unconditional waivers. Yeah, he claimed Donique Martel off waivers from the Flyers. And then and I think that's it. That's that's all. So yeah. he he's not number thirty for me because Ooh. I put the horrible GMs Ooh. under him. Okay, okay. So at number thirty I have none other than Pierre Dorian. Oh okay. who is currently the probably the worst GM in the league, but I just wanted to put Peter Shirelli there for obvious purposes. Yes. But yeah, Pierre Dorian <laughs> his record speaks for itself. I get he's gone to the Eastern Conference Final, but all of his trades, the Matthew Shane trade is just a work of art. Okay, I guess my real list 
starts at 27. Okay. But I'll still read uh, 29. I have Paul Fenton just because he hasn't done anything yet again. Mm-hmm. Do you just want me to go straight to my 27? Just uh, oh, we'll go back. We'll go we'll back. Go back, back and forth. So my 29, Rob Blake. Oh, okay. from the LA Kings. Okay, he he is sinking that ship. Another boys' club in LA where. I don't understand what he's doing. Ilya Kovalchuk, a three-year yep. deal at over $6 million, who hasn't played in the NHL in like four years. And again, these are our genuine reactions to each other's list. We did not share these with yes, each other before yes. we went on the air. So, yeah. Even like Lombardi did a lot of damage in LA before, but Rob Lake is not doing any favors there. At 28, I have Chuck Fletcher again because he hasn't done anything yet. So I put all the guys who are new at the bottom. Well, I have Fletcher a lot higher on my list higher. because experience. I'm okay. not just counting. I'm counting it based yeah. on what they've done with their team, and mm-hmm. that's how I approach I'm, it. Yeah, I'm kind of like combination of both. Yeah, where we don't like the guys that are unknown. They're a little bit above the horrible GMs, which right. is going to be about four away from the more unknowns. But, All like, right. Bottrell, he's still a newer GM, but he's done a lot yeah. to prove that he should be higher on the Correct. list. Correct. Mm. Okay. Uh, next on your list. On my list, I have 27, Rob Blake. Again, because of Kovalchuk. Did I, he trade for Ben Bishop, or was that Lombardi? When was Kovalchuk? No, I think that was Rob, Lombardi. I'm sorry, uh, Rob Blake. I don't know when he, he officially took over. It might have been 2016, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, I think no, but, I don't know. I think it was the end of twenty. I think he would he took because it started around when Bottrell started. I want to say okay, because the Bishop trade happened in twenty seventeen yeah. at that deadline. But okay. again, Kovalchuk, I don't know how he's gonna approach. It's clear they have to rebuild, and he's not clearing out any pieces. Yeah, uh, he's still he's still clinging to the team's past success for the most part and hanging. That's on why to, you don't. Boys club's not a good idea. Exactly. Yeah, and another, another boys club guy. He's mm-hmm. still holding on to some guys that are key to acquiring future assets. Next on my list, Montreal Canadiens GM Mark Bergevin. Oh, really? Yes. You're going to be has, shocked where I put him. He has gone up Yeah, because of the Domi and uh, Tatar trades, mm-hmm. but, I mean, Shea Weber That's, for P.K. Yeah. Subban, yeah. Jonathan Drouin for... Uh, Mikhail Sergachev. I mean, he's he's proven that he is competent, but still, he hasn't won me over. At 26, I have Pierre Dorian. All right. Because uh, he botched the little Carlson thing. Yes, that's another thing. I think it's good. I think, really, he is just such a victim of circumstance. That's why I wrote next to his name. He is surrounded by incompetency mm-hmm. in, his, in his own organization. And is it him, or is it the owner is it the owner exactly we don't know but his trades that he makes are ridiculous alex burrows for jonathan Dowling. come on yeah really like i think a four-year-old could say no to that trade like a four-year-old has the common sense to say huh i probably shouldn't trade a high-end second round pick that we just drafted last year for a guy that's on the back nine of his career i don't even get why they made that trade because it's it's not like they were that was a season where I think they're they're at least top three in the division, yeah. and they went to the conference final. I don't understand. It doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. That's right. why he's number twenty six. Yeah. So. Number next one on my list is Don Waddell. Mm, okay. Frankly, just for the Jeff Skinner trade and his 
history as the GM of the Atlanta Thrashers. Just not a good GM. Mm-hmm. And, I, again, this could be the owner. Who knows? His, uh, I forget his name. The owner of the Hurricanes. Dundon? Tom Dundon. Yeah. Uh, he's more. He's got already have the, has the reputation dun, dun, dun. of a meddling owner. So, maybe, I don't know. So, Don Waddell, not a good GM. But he's too involved. He tries yeah. to be too much like, look at me, kids. He's one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Doesn't wear a suit. Yeah. Didn't even wear a Stop suit it. to the draft. He's trying polo. to be like the cool college dean. You know, so it's been like a shirt and jeans. 25, Ken Holland. All right. And that is counting current Ken Holland. We're going to forget about his past Stanley Cups, his past successes. The man continues to hand out contracts to aging bums such as Franz Nielsen. (laughs) Thomas Vanek still has a deal. He has stuck with the same goaltenders for years now. He's going to re-sign Jimmy Howard, let's be honest here. He's going to. He's going to give him like a four-year extension. And I can just see it now. He refuses to rebuild. He's not one of those guys who refuse to let go of the past, and I think because he's been tenured for so long, it's going to be hard to fire him or they're going to force yes. him they're going to force him to resign. He might be one of those guys that I think resigns. Steve Eiserman's going to be the next GM. Right? I think so too. That would be perfect. It's 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 too. That's it's boys' too right. club though, but Eiserman's actually good. Yeah, he's actually a he's fine actually GM. Good. But that it's it's a match made in heaven. Mm-hmm. Sabres almost had a boys' club with Lafontaine. Yeah, yeah, and uh, probably a good thing he left. Yeah, I I, I really like the idea of Lafontaine, but hey, whatever, I it's know. okay. But they attempted it. Nolan came back. Yep, yep. And we brought everybody Nolan back. Nolan came back. Lafontaine was there. Oh my god. Okay. Next on my list, Jim Nil. Okay. Obvious reasons. Bad trade. His trade record's not good. Mm-hmm. Draft record is just as bad. I mean, this guy. He was hyped up because he was the heir apparent to Ken Holland in Detroit, mm-hmm. and he's just he he's not a good GM. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That Andrew Cogliano trade wasn't bad though. At twenty four, I have Jim Benning. He has drafted well with in the first round or so with the prospects, uh, Elise Pedersen, uh, Brock Besser. However, he has been so inept at finding any kind of depth for his guys. He still he has Anton Rossell playing on his first line. Yeah. Um, and I think a key part of, that, of any GM is their ability to find those depth guys mm-hmm. and make up uh, the rest of the roster so your young guys aren't playing with third line bums like mm-hmm. that. Next on my list, Tampa Bay Lightning, Julian Brisebois. Okay. Apparently he had a big say in a lot of personnel decisions when Iserman was there, so and we don't know if he's good. So that's this is the line where we cross from the garbage GMs to the average GMs to the good GMs. Let's see how he handles their future cap hell that they're gonna be. Yes. And I'm interested to see what happens there because I don't know how they're gonna sign Braden Point. Or all, I mean, Anthony Sorelli is emerging. Matthew Joseph. Matthew Joseph is our guy. I'm not sure if Vasilevsky is going to need. Is Vasilevsky got paid I yet? I think I think so. Okay, but Sergeyev is going to need a contract yep. soon. How so. do you retain if you retain guys like uh, JT Miller, too? Mm-hmm. Well, they just signed Miller. They they just signed Miller. You're pr- signed. Johnson and Pilat are probably the next. Yeah, heads to fall. I think there. Johnson's certainly going to go in Pilat, and yes. I will take him here. But will Tampa trade him to Buffalo? Probably not. So. He's got a lot on his plate, that's for sure. Yes. Is it your turn or my turn? Uh, your turn. Your turn. 23, I have Joe Sackick. 
Um, I mean, the Avs have been consistent since he took over. Um, I mean, not really, actually. Uh, he, he, he's gotten some good pieces, um, but, I mean... Recently, Sackick has been... Recently, he, he's, he's been, been a lot better. But yeah, I mean, he like was at the time involved. of the O'Reilly trade, he was just... What is this guy doing? He did well in the Duchesne trade. Very well. Very well yes. in that. Uh, it's just, man, he can't really find anything beneath his top line. And that's been their problem. I mean, they were the AC last year because of that. It was They were carried by one guy, pretty much. And, and now they're falling off a cliff right now. This year, they're hanging on by the skin of their teeth with uh, in a playoff spot because of one line. Again, well, so. they're going to get Jack Hughes, so it's okay. Yeah, yep, so it'll, be, it'll all be fine. Mm-hmm. Next on my list, Paul Fenton. Okay. He was probably top three guy that I wanted Buffalo to get when when Tim Murray was fired. So I think he's he's an okay I I'm because Minnesota, I guess you can say they're my second team, but he has made some questionable moves so far. Like giving uh oh, what's his name? The defenseman that they signed in the off season. They've really overpaid him. He used to play in Montreal. Oh my God, Greg Pattern. Yes. Oh yeah. They've really overpaid Greg Pattern, and I just don't understand it. He's not that good. Uh, the Niederreiter trade is a head scratcher, mm-hmm. for sure. But yeah, I don't know. He's yeah, that's he's he's low. He's kind of unknown, but I like what he did in Nashville. Yes. He's more like the head scout there. Yeah. And you know they they drafted Ali Tolvanen. But anyone could have drafted Ali Tolman in that late because he should have went way earlier. 22, I have Jim Nill. Again, terrible drafter. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I wrote on terrible. here. Terrible. Terrible is an understatement. It's an understatement, yeah. I wrote on here um, Jason Dickinson might be working out, and then Heiskin and Honka are the only other ones who have really. Honka is going to get traded. He's going to be gone year. too, yeah. And even uh, Rupe Hintz isn't doing that well yeah. either. Yeah. Second, former second-round pick. Good right. player. Really, really good player. I like him. I, I'd love if Buffalo can snag him. Next on my list, Kyle Dubas. What has he done? Nothing. That's the thing. I want... I think he botched the Nylander situation. I wish I put him much lower, but I didn't know if that would cause some flames or whatnot on Twitter. Part of me uh, part of me wants me to say that he's an idiot. I, I don't know. Right? I don't know. <laughs> I you didn't need. He might be smart. And he might be an idiot. I'm not really sure. You didn't need John Tavares. It's they did that not simple. Need him. Yeah. It's that simple. You you brought him in because he's the hometown kid, and that's all. That's all the attraction was there. He didn't. He doesn't have the money to just throw it around at guys like that, mm-hmm. and it's, it's going to catch up to him. He keeps insisting really fast. Keeps insisting we're going to keep this core together, and it's not going to happen. Right. It's not going to happen. They botched the Nylander's, uh Nylander contract. Yeah. Well, by waiting until the final hour, literally the final hour, correct, to get him signed, and it's pretty much obvious that that's catching up to him because mm-hmm. he just wasn't ready to play. Maybe I have no idea what's going on with Willie Nylander, but yeah, I I don't know, and it seems like the Leafs Cup window is closing now because yeah. You gotta you gotta sign all these guys, and you're gonna have to. Gardner's gonna have to go. Yep. Uh, he's being run out of town. Yes, Gardner's being run out of town by their lunatic fans. I take Jake Gardner on this team any absolutely. day. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh my god. Yes. Yes, please. But yeah, 
they're not going to be able to keep him. They're going to have to trade Kasperi Kapanen. They're going to they're have to do a lot of things. I'm it's making all because they just signed John Tavares to crazy money. I'm making a change on the fly. I'm putting Dubis at at 21 because <laughs> I, I you want I had him at 14 before. 14. Yeah, wow. I know because uh, I I gave him too much credit for Tavares. I think. I mean, but, I need like Lamarello would have been able to sign Tavares if he was still the Leafs GM. I, if exactly, Tavares yeah. wanted to go to Toronto, I don't think Dubas had to convince him. Yeah, I'm 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 currently getting rid of Dubas's entry on here. Okay, all right. What is that next? Dubas was the next on the list for you. Yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah. That'll be my next entry. Okay, so next on my list, Chicago Stan Bowman. Okay. I think this guy got way too much credit for everything he did in Chicago mm-hmm. with those cup teams. Again, got married to his players in Chicago and traded the wrong guys. Mm-hmm. Traded the wrong guys. He, like, coupling Tavo Teravainen with Brian Bickle just to get Bickle's salary off the books. Like, come on. Signing Scott Darling to that darling of a contract. <laughs> come on. Yeah. What else? Uh, and he only trades the Arizona, too. I've noticed that. But I like the Strom trade. Strom seems like he's starting to turn out. Let's see what they can do. They're starting to be more of in a rebuilding mode. I like them drafting. Uh, Bokvist? Uh, Bokvist was a good pick, mm-hmm. yes. And also Henry Yokoharu. Yeah. Yokoharu. It's about time nice they finally well, started so. to work on their defense. So let's see what they can do. I don't know. You got Taves and Kane in their prime still, so mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't think he's that great of a GM. Next, I have Jeff Gorton from the Rangers. I also have Jeff Gorton next. There we go. Uh, yeah, he hasn't done much. He's overseeing this rebuild. I like that he's committing to a rebuild. Though. Yes, That's absolutely. He's, he's, he's communicating with the fans, too. Um, I'm sure there are moves coming. He's probably going to try and go after Panarin, I would assume. Yeah, it sounds like Panarin's going to go to the Rangers. Yeah. I want to see how he handles a guy like Nemestnikov. See what goes on with that. Um and whatever remaining veterans they have on that team, too. Like, Lundquist. Uh, Zuccarello, Lundquist, yes, yes. It'll be um, interesting to see how, that, mm. how he handles that. But he's at, I think there'll be 20, tw- I think 20 for me, yeah. 20, I think? Yeah, I think so. Okay. And then you go again, because he was the same. Yes, okay. Um, at n- Let's just say 19, but my numbers are off, who cares? Don Sweeney. I also have Don Sweeney. There you go. Okay, yeah. Uh, we probably agree that he's not the best drafter. Uh, he got fleeced on a few trades, trading Milan Lucic for Martin Jones. That Lucic trade was good, but the picks. But none of those pieces are there anymore, yeah, or they're the just picks not just that, out. You had the three picks in a row, mm-hmm. and you botched every single one of them, besides DeBrusque. DeBrusque is a nice player, but look what you could have had. And that's not revisionist history. Everyone was saying... Barzell, Connor, yeah, uh, Shabbat, mm-hmm. all these guys that they passed on. That's not revisionist history. That's like right then and there. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, like Zach Sinishin is probably is he ever going to be an NHL player? He'll probably get called up tomorrow just because I said this. But <laughs> like, come on, Zach Sinishin. He was supposed to go in the second round. He went before Matt Barzell. Like, come on. All right, next on your list, eighteen. I have Bob Murray from the right. Ducks. I I mean again, the Kessler contract is looking like a bit of an albatross now. Yeah, injuries um, are certainly yes. catching up to him. Yes, uh, it it's just I don't I don't know. He's a bit of a confusing one because obviously the Ducks they have had success, 
but now they're falling off a cliff, it's going to be interesting to see if he commits to a rebuild or if he tries to keep, you know, clearing out the veteran guys. I don't guys think they have to rebuild because their prospect system is just so good. Their prospects are good, yeah. They have Maxime Comtois, Sam Steele. Max Jones. There, Max Jones. Um, so, yes. Isaac Lundestrom. Right. They have good. They do have good prospects, but uh, it'll be interesting to see. I want to I want to see if he can clear out guys, see how he handles guys like Perry. I think he's a good GM. He's, he's a lot higher on my list. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Next on my list, Jim Benning. Okay. He, wow. He is a wizard on the draft table, but on July first, just not so much. And some some goofy trades. But you used to hate Jim Benning. Yes, but yeah, he's won me over with his draft record. And Benning, he used to be Saber Scout back in the day, uh, responsible for drafting guys like Tyler Myers and some other guys around then. But yeah, he's he's okay, but. I just he he would be much higher if he was not a moron on July first. Next, I have Stan Bowman. Um, again, he's he's drafted well recently, but it's confusing to see where they're going to go because as long as you have Kane and Taves, you'd think you should be competitive. You'd think they're a contending team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do like him bringing in Eric Gustafsson though. He's a very yeah. He's good, been he's a very kind good of a diamond in the rough. Yes, and I mean, Colin Delia is a pretty good goaltender too. Yeah, he's, I've never he's not heard bad. before this year. I've yeah. never heard of him. So finding is him Crawford nice. done? I hope. I I mean that as in for his health. For his health. Yeah. Just please, if you brain injuries, you can't play with that. Just just quit, mm-hmm. please. Like for the love of God, I don't know if he has kids or not. Just don't do it. Think about yourself. Even be selfish. Just. Don't yeah. play. God. All right, next on my list, I pro- I think I regret having him this high, but Ken Holland. I okay. Mean, what he's done in the past is over, but he what is what has he done recently? I, he's committing to a kind of a rebuild, like a I mean, rebuild on the fly. A little bit. He's, I like their draft record recently. They've drafted very, very well, and I don't know. I, what's he going to do? I, is he going to sell off at the deadline? For their sake, I hope they do, but yeah, he's he's okay. I don't think he's as bad as people give. Him. He's he's not as good as people say, and he's not as bad as people say. He's somewhere in the middle, and that's why he's eighteen-ish on my list or whatever. This is I didn't number this. Yeah. So this is about I think sixteen. I have John Chaika. All right. Yeah. Uh, he's made some really good moves for the Coyotes. They're definitely progressing in a good direction. They're competing for a playoff spot this year. He's made a lot of good trades. Drafted Clayton Keller. Um, he's just made some good acquisitions. Uh, Derek Stepan as well. For the seventh his? overall pick? Well, I mean, what did that pick turn into? Leah Sanderson, but it could have been Middlestat. It could have been... Well, Anderson. it's paying dividends for them right now. Yeah. They're more competitive than they've been since making it to Western Conference Final. And um, I'm looking forward to what the future holds for the Coyotes because the league is more fun when teams like them are are good. Mm-hmm. Next on my list, Dale Talon. Okay. He turned the Blackhawks into what they are, mm-hmm. what they were. Yeah. Those Cup teams. He he's brought some good players into Florida. I like them drafting Barkov back in 2013 uh, when. Barkov wasn't even the consensus number two guy. It was more Drouin, Seth Jones, and Barkov is becoming a franchise player for that mm-hmm. team. And 
I the reason why he's probably this low is because of how he handled the expansion draft yes. for the Panthers, letting go of two top six players for nothing. So right, not a good look for Dale Talon, but still a decent GM. Glad he's back in Florida. Now I gave you the wrong number when I said this one. I actually have Jason Bottrell at fifteen. Okay, or fifteen, fourteen, whatever. Right now, sixteen. Um, I mean, he fleeced the Hurricanes. The jury is still out on the Blues trade. Though I would argue that the Blues have won that at the moment. At the moment, yes. yes. But we'll see how that but, shakes itself out in three years from now. I think yeah. the confidence in Buffalo's management right now is at its highest it has been in quite a while. Since, like, when Tim Murray first got yes, here. Yeah. Yes, yes. So I felt confident putting him right in the middle of the pack. I thought, you know what, Bottrell, he hasn't screwed up. He hasn't done anything incredible. Um, he's only had two drafts. Let's put let's stick him right in the middle because he's he's been all right. Mm. He drafted two really good uh, prospects, that's for sure, in the first round. Joe Sackick, next on oh, my okay. list. Oh, okay, wow. Uh, recent Joe Sackick has been yeah. really good. Joe Sackick, when he first started becoming a GM, not so much, but that Matt Duchesne shade trade really changed my opinion about him. So, okay, good for him. Yeah. But I don't consider him a bad GM anymore, like many of us used to. Next, I have. Are you ready for this? Mark Bergevin. Real that high. This season, he bought himself a new lease on life. <laughs> Trading for uh, Thomas Tatar, getting rid of Max Pacioretty, and Max where Domi. the Max Domi, getting him where they are right now in the standings, uh, drafting Kotkaniemi, and all of a sudden they're contesting for a playoff spot. And now the guy looks unfireable because he's already, he's leading the team back to the playoffs. So you got to give him at least one more year with this core that he yeah. has. Give him one more draft at least. Well, they re-signed him a couple years ago to a long-term extension, so, so he's, he's safe. Yeah, I felt I felt really confident putting him here because I don't think he. This has been one of his best seasons in oh quite yeah, some time. For sure. Yeah, so he did something right and mm-hmm. he bought himself some time. Definitely. Uh, next on my list, John Chica. Okay. He's shown some promise of being a good GM, but I just sometimes I feel like he's just making a trade to make a trade, mm-hmm. and he I I, don't, I have no idea if this is true or not, but he is probably by far has by far made the most trades in like the past three years by far. Seems like he makes a trade once once or twice a month. Yeah, so I don't know. Uh, young, he's probably the youngest GM. Kyle Dubas might be younger, but I'm not sure so sure about that, but. Definitely some promise. Uh, questionable moves for sure, like trading the seventh overall pick for Stepan, although Stepan's a good player. Uh, drafting, uh, who did they pick? Oh my god, fifth Barrett. overall they picked uh, Barrett Hayton. Barrett Hayton, yes, uh, fifth overall. When you had some very nice players like Philip Zadina and Quinn Hughes still on the board, so uh, the jury's still out on that, but. Chica's shown. He could be an evil genius. He could be an evil genius, but you could also be an idiot. Who knows? Correct. Same thing with Kyle Dubas. Right. Next, I have Ray Shiro. Uh, I mean, Peter Shirelli can make anyone look like a wizard, but he got Taylor Hall for Adam Larson, which mm-hmm. is an impressive deal, to say the least. Um, but the Devils have always been stuck in kind of limbo, and that's where they're at right now, too. So he certainly has a tall task ahead of him, yeah. but. I think he he can certainly rebuild them because um, 
I don't think they're that far off. He just got re-signed as well. Right. They they were in the playoffs last year, of course, due to one man being there. But I think if he can lock up Taylor Hall, as we were alluding to earlier in the show, um, then there's there's some there's some promise in New Jersey. All right, we're almost at an hour now, so we should probably hurry this up. Yeah. But next on my list, Jason Bottrell, as we mentioned before, fleeced the Hurricanes in the Skinner trade. Has made some good moves, maybe a couple bad moves here and there, but hey, it happens. Uh, I'm fully confident that he's going to turn this around. Next, I have uh, Brad Treliving from the Flames. Is that how you say his name? Yes. Found uh, David Riddick, big save Dave, who I'm a huge fan of. And uh, something he's done, he's just worked magic. The Elias Lindholm trade, Noah Hannafin brought him in, and now suddenly the Flames are a juggernaut. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, next on my list, Doug Armstrong. Uh, definitely trending down, but O'Reilly trade is working out for them right now. Uh, they've made some good picks on draft day. So, yeah, Doug Armstrong, good GM, somewhere in the middle. Next, I have Yarmo Kukalainen. Right. I think uh, he's in a really bad situation with Panarin and Bobrovsky. Very bad. All the cards are in their deck. It, it, what can he do? You know, There's they're, nothing he can they're do. Too... They're, they're a good team. you got to keep them. Correct, but, I mean, if they don't want to be there, they don't want to be there. Yeah. So that's that's the... you got to keep them for, past the trade deadline. Yep. If they leave, they leave. you exactly. just got to accept it. So the poor guy, he's, he's had good teams even before Panarin was there, so... Um, he's done something right because his, his era has been their most successful couple oh, yeah, of years. for yeah. sure. Next one? Okay, yeah, sum yeah. up. Uh, Chuck Fletcher. Okay. Uh, he's okay, but he's got some more experience. He's definitely got a lot more experience than some of the guys that he's higher than, like mm-hmm. Bottrell. But Fletcher, he's made some good moves. He built Minnesota to the point where they can be a playoff contender every year, but they can't get out of the first round. Uh, we really don't know what he's going to do with the Flyers yet, but he's probably going to trade Wayne Simmons, hopefully get a first-round pick. And if the Flyers are like they've been the past five, six years or so, they're going to draft some nice players with those picks. So mm-hmm. Fletcher's a good GM, but we'll see if he can be any higher on this list years down the road with what he does in Philly. I have George McPhee next, and I don't. So do I. I don't want to put him so high, but I mean, he was in the best scenario possible at the expansion draft. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he made the Stanley Cup because of the guys he drafted, obviously. Yeah. So, uh, I I, I want to say that maybe he's he might be a bit overrated, but it's hard. He to, is overrated. It's hard to deny the success he's had right now. You can't in Washington. You as can't well, deny it. But he did trade. Philip Forsberg for Martin Urette, which indeed, yeah, indeed. So he could drop next year, mm-hmm. obviously. Next, I have Dale Talon. I know you had him earlier, but I there is no overstating what he's done for the Panthers. The Panthers were hapless, and now they're somehow relevant again with Talon in charge, and they're competing at least for a playoff spot routinely, and they have a very good roster as well, young guys. Next on my list is Ray Shiro's apprentice, if you will. Mm. Brian McClellan mm. won the cup last year. Uh, you know what? Why do I have Brian McClellan this high? That's a good question. But hey, I, I don't really know too. what he has done. But he led the Capitals to their first yeah. Stanley Cup. And that I'm has sure, been an impossible feat, yeah. and he did it. And I'm sure he had a lot of say in the moves that 
uh, that were made when he was the assistant GM in Washington while yep. uh, McPhee was the GM there as well. So He got TJ Oshie there. Mm-hmm. He acquired... Yeah, the Oshie trade was... Lars Eller, Magic. Mm-hmm. which in hindsight is... Two second-round picks, I believe. Everything they needed. Mm-hmm. All right, at seven, I have Doug Armstrong. He's uh, been there a long time. He The Blues have been pretty consistent since he's been there. They've been pretty good at times. Um, made out really well on the O'Reilly trade. Um, but, yeah, he's made some good moves. Mm-hmm. I like Doug Armstrong. Uh, next on my list, Ray Shiro. Taylor Hall for Adam Larson, one for one. Mm-hmm. Enough said. Six, I have Brian McClellan and pretty much Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. That's why. Next on my list, Jarmo Kikalainen. Okay. As we mentioned before, he bust era for Columbus. He's made some really good trades. Draft record, fantastic recently. So, good on Jarmo. And I hope he can keep those star players around in Columbus. Five, I have Doug Wilson. Uh, he's been there since 03, and they have been a great team ever since he's been there, and he's always making good moves. Mm-hmm. Brad Tree Lemon. The trades that he's made the past couple of years. Although the Hamannick trade, probably he overpaid, but Hamannick is a really nice player. Solid contributor to the Flames defense corps. Lindholm and Hannafin, big-time acquisitions this offseason. And David Riddick, big save Dave. Yep, big save Dave. Next, I have Kevin Shoveldayoff, one of my personal favorites. He doesn't make trades, but he built that entire team He doesn't make trades, that is exactly... But yeah. he that entire team... He built, and they're there because of the guys that he has brought in, even late round. Bob Murray. Mm. I is he a little high, maybe, but okay. drafting. Uh, they they're almost all homegrown players in Anaheim for the most part. Drafting is pretty big. He makes some pretty decent trades when he does decide to buy. It's at the right point. He's a meticulous kind of GM. I like Bob Murray. And, yeah, I, he's a nice GM. I like him. Next, I have Jim Rutherford. I mean, two straight Stanley Cups. The Pens are not some are somehow not in the Blackhawks' position. He's he's doing something right. Lou Lamorello next. Uh, he has turned the Islanders around. Mm-hmm. And no, I don't think anyone has expected this to happen with the Islanders. So, good on him. Yep. Signing Robin Leonard. I have Lamorello. Reclamation yeah. project. That was a good choice. Yes. Lamorello is next for me as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. Kevin Shoveldayoff, next on my list. Okay. He, again, like you said, built that entire team through the draft. When he does make a trade, it's usually pretty good as well. So yes. getting Stastny and the Kane trade worked out for yes. them as well. Number one, David Poyle. Number one? I still got really two to go. Yeah. <laughs> well, you have an extra one. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. That's yeah. right. But I want David Poyle as my number one because he's been there forever. And you, I think you're definitely missing one. I don't know. You think so? Yeah, because I still got three to go. Well, I counted out Shirelli. I don't know. I don't know. Something went I off. have 30 on here. I don't know. Okay, don't know. Ne- the next three, Jim Rutherford, again, two Stanley, Cup, two Stanley Cups, what he did in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. He is always willing to make a trade, and even when the Penguins look down and out, they somehow find their way out of it. Doug Wilson, number two. I mean, they they somehow have been able to be a competitive playoff team every year he's been there in San Jose and makes good trades and somehow find young players in the draft as well. And then number one, David Poyle, no surprise. Bar none, the best GM in the league. Yes. All right. Is that all? No, I want to talk about Nylander. Oh, jeez. We have to talk about Alex Nylander. Okay. 
So, this has been a big discussion on Sabres Twitter for the past week or so. It stemmed from the half-hour hockey show Kevin O'Club Joe was on and talked about Nylander, and everyone was, like, surprised that he was like, oh, he's struggling. And then I, I don't understand. I, I mean, Nylander is a good prospect. Everyone is falling head over heels for Victor Olofsson. Everyone. Yeah. Yeah, Falling let's head over heels. Let's slow down for Victor Olafson, yeah. who is going to be twenty four, yeah, and we're like, we have to trade Nylander now. We have to because he what if what if he's a bust? We have to trade him now. But everyone's falling head over heels for seventh round pick Victor Olafson. <laughs> well, we have to call up Victor Olafson right now. We yeah. have to because he can. He's Olafson. He can score. But then you got Nylander's got. He's got to have similar. Look up his stats right now. I He's will. Got I shall. Production. It has to be close. But think of it. Nylander was so criminally mishandled here. He should not have been in the AHL right after being drafted. If anything, he, he should be entering his first year right now. And after he had 120 points in junior last year, if he went back, everyone would be so excited about him, even if his production in the AHL was the same. So listen to this, okay? Last year in 51 games, Nylander had 27 points. He's played 38 games this year, 25 points. So he's going to be much better than he was last year. So that there's growth. There's growth there. And remember, he had that injury last year. The Indeed. The injury. Yes. That really set him back. How many points does he have? 25, 25 at the moment. Yes. Eight goals. Or, I'm sorry, no. Nine goals, 16 assists. Olfson has 35, but again, Olfson is like four years older than him so yeah. and has played pro hockey, so you would hope that Olfson has more points. Well, again, you would hope that a former eighth overall pick would be able to light up the AHL too, but hey, what has he got playing with? <laughs> Nothing. Sean Malone? I'm so just split on this. I'm torn. Uh... Because but he should be better, yeah. Again, yeah, he should be tearing up yeah. the league. And it doesn't bode well if you're only scoring eight goals in the AHL for your NHL future. I don't know. I'm, I'm just not... But everyone was going crazy over him in the beginning of the year when he was lighting it up. Not lighting it up, but he was playing really well in the preseason. I know. I, that's, I wanted everyone him was like, oh, he should have made... Everyone was freaking out. And now they're like, oh, we got to trade him right now. We have to trade him. I wanted him on the team. Yeah. To, to he should be on the team. Bring him up. Mm-hmm. Why not? What's what damage is it going to? There's do? nothing you could lose now. I mean, is he going to do any more damage than Sabotka is doing? Exactly. J- just bring him up. It, it can't hurt. It can't hurt. Put it can't hurt to bring Olsen up even. Just yeah. do it. It it can't. I mean, they're either going to get the same production or more production than the guys that you have in the lineup right now. Exactly. It can't hurt. You got to try something new. Okay, we're four points out. We are closer than we have been in 10 million years to making the playoffs. Just bring somebody up, please. Just do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Slow your roll here on Nylander. My goodness. Because he's the kind of guy where you trade him, and then you're like three years away from now, you're going to be like, should have kept him. I mean, there he's is the reason, guy. though. I understand. There's reason to be I understand. skeptical. I understand. But slow down here. I'm not coming slow to any down. conclusions on him yet. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm not doing it. But, like, come on. Trade him for Charlie Coyle? Like, why? I don't want Charlie Coyle. I have to take Charlie Coyle, but not for Alex freaking Nylander. Are you kidding me? I, I, I just don't see what's so attractive about Charlie Coyle. He's a third-line center. He's a centerman. He's yeah. a third-line center. That's it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, 
We're going to trade a former eighth overall pick who has a year left on his contract for a third-line center. I don't think it's worth acquiring a guy just so you could stick Middlestat on the third line. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, it doesn't make sense. Like, if we're talking about trading prospects, you can trade Matias Samuelson. I don't care. Mm-hmm. You can trade him for whatever you want. Not a rental, but this team, I, I know we say it every week, they're not in the position to trade for rentals. They're not at all. Like, I'm very think excited. of a team in a similar situation to Buffalo. Uh, I'm, it's hard to even think Arizona. of Arizona. Arizona. Is Arizona going to trade for a rental? Absolutely not. They shouldn't. They shouldn't. Exactly. Buffalo needs players with years left on their contract, and they're not going to trade Alex Nylander for a rental mm-hmm. or a guy that has a year left on his contract, unless he's a very good player that they can sign long-term, which probably won't happen because teams aren't going to trade good players with years left on their contracts at the trade deadline in this Rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, because it never happens. Barely ever happens. So, yeah, Nylander's not going to get traded. I'm sorry to break it to you. He's not going to. And I get, if you want to sell high on, that's not selling high on Alex Nylander. It's selling low. Hmm. What what can you get for Nylander? What do you think? What, what player could you get for Alex Nylander? A rental, a third-line player, or a second-round pick? Right now, I'm thinking a third-line player. Yeah, that's all you can get. And a like, rental third-line like player round. and maybe a second-round pick. Yeah. That's pro- yeah, either one. You, if I'm a you, GM, that's all I'm doing. I'm not taking Yeah, I wouldn't trade much. I wouldn't trade anything more than a second-round pick for Alex Nylander if I was a GM. Nah. It doesn't make sense. No. It doesn't make sense. Why trade a former eighth overall pick for a second-round pick? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. You hold on to him and hope that he can rise up and be the player, at least some of player that you drafted yeah so and you're not gonna know until he gets brought up he's played seven games in the nhl seven games give him a shot give him a shot okay that's the end of my little rant here because i'm sick and tired of this yeah all right all right that's it for this episode of the charging buffalo podcast we kind of went off the cuff a little bit uh we hope you enjoyed our rankings uh justin bailey little rant there and Alex Nylander so yeah we'll be back next week will there will we even be able to talk about games next week next Thursday let's see what's on the upcoming schedule all-star game is coming up Alex I mean uh geez Nylander on the mind Jack Eichel and Jeff Skinner are we play Columbus next correct oh I don't know that's why I saw on the yes Columbus Tuesday Columbus Wednesday Dallas Friday Chicago I'll be at that game against the Blackhawks Going to three games in the next couple of weeks, so yeah. I'm excited for that. Have fun. Chicago, Minnesota, and Carolina. Hmm. Mm-hmm. All winnable games. All you winnable games. You would think. You think. would hope. You would mm-hmm. hope. If they lose all three of those, I'm going to be extremely disappointed. Indeed. Ouch. I just cut my hand. Oh, uh, God. Be careful. Maybe tetanus in here. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, yes, we hope you enjoyed. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Charging Buff. Also, you can find us on Twitter as well at JoeTCBNHL and at LVKETCB. If you enjoyed, we would love to hear your feedback as well. You can add us on Twitter or DM us on Instagram, whatever you choose to do if you want to give us feedback or not. But, yeah, we'll be back next Thursday. We'll be able to talk about a couple games, the All-Star game as well, and we will see you in the next one.